three. Hello, my name's Tony Cardenas, and this is the Indianapolis Real Estate Market Weekly Update. Today, I'm sitting here with Kyle Morse with FC Tucker, Justin Griffith with Keller Williams, Shelly Walters with EXP Realty, and a guest today, Xander Foley with Live Indy, uh, that we're going to talk about the rental market towards the end of the show. Hey, everybody, what's going on, Kyle, Justin, Shelly? What's going on, you guys? Not much. Just glad it's summer. Let's talk about the market. It looks like the market is getting a lot of listings. So kick it off, Kyle, and tell me what you're seeing in the market about the listings. I do see some prices coming down, or at least adjustments on the listings. But man, the, the, we got a lot of properties out here for sale now. So much different, much much different than you know, just even 90 days ago. And of course we're into the market, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking about it last week. We've kind of been positioning ourselves for the past three to four weeks about this, seeing this trend, you know, being in the numbers all the time. There's more listings on the market. We just got through a couple of holiday weekends and schools just got out. So this is typically when we're going to see more listings hit the market. Um, but with the buyer fatigue, it's kind of interesting. So you still have to price correctly. We still do see multiple offers, but less. Like we're seeing two, three. I'm seeing stuff sell under list price. Like it, it's really all the way across the board. So it's actually a really interesting time to be a buyer and a seller. Like last year, it was more like very difficult to be just a buyer. And now I think it's it's getting a little bit more even ground right now. Yeah, and, and, and along with this, we got interest rates that are, you know, they didn't shoot up like everybody thought. I mean, you know, you can still get a fixed rate out there. I'm looking at the rate board right now, but you can get a fixed rate out there right now live. Uh, what they, you know, 20% down. When I'm talking about rates, I'm always talking about 20% sent down, 80% uh, loan to value. You know, you can go out there and really probably get push a rate at 5.125% today, five and a quarter, just depends on where you're at. And if you're ready, if you're lock and load and you say, hey, I got to close it short, you, you might even you might even fit in at 4.999. I mean, there's a little bit of room there if you're ready to go. But I don't think that's stalling the market. I think we're getting back to the norm when we're getting back to the, the real market. We're getting listings. Okay. What are your buyers? What are your sellers saying? So... I think it, so when we were looking at the numbers, I actually saw more this week listed at the beginning of the week, which is an interesting new trend for us, quite honestly. So I think uh, agents in particular were starting to list at the beginning of the week because we get a lot of, you know, this past 18 months, you list on the weekend, it's sold over the weekend. Well, that's not necessarily happening anymore. And so I think agents are starting to position a little bit better. Um, and so we're trying to learn to navigate some of these conversations based on the market. Um, buyers. Buyers are wore out, quite honestly. They're getting uh, more patient, more discerning. They're still writing offers, but they're not jumping just because they need a house anymore. I will tell you that. They're, well, they're they're, what do you because, say, Shelly? Yeah, because they're seeing, we've, we've talked about this in the past too, is back in the day when they would think that they may not ever see another house that they like come on the market for, you know, we don't know when. The inventory's shooting up here, um, you know, a little bit at a time. We're seeing a, a change over these past couple of weeks. So a buyer can sit and wait for next week's, you know, it, it does seem to be cyclical, though they come on the weekly, go off the market. But yeah, yeah. Justin, what are you seeing out there in the market right now talking to buyers and sellers? Uh, I just think it's very different now for buyers. Uh, last year, you knew that you were paying over asking price. You knew that you had to have escalation clauses. And now it's like... Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't still. Right. So if a home is like teed up or it's priced right, it's finished perfectly, like they're going over asking price still. So you hear people like I get a lot of buyers right now stating that, oh, we're going to want to offer less. And it's like, well, we keep missing out because that's right. not the market. Like it's right. it's that, slowing down a little. And if that house is priced exactly perfect, 
and that guy goes in saying, I'm gonna, I want a $10,000 discount. He's out and somebody yeah. else is in. Isn't that right, Shelly? Well, you don't usually see anything right now going under list unless it's been on the market for, you know, maybe 14 days. If you start to see a house on it 14 days to 21 days, I think we still have that thought of, well, what's wrong with the house because it didn't sell quickly. But there's, you know, there's other things happening in the market now too. Interest rates could be just causing that price point to have a little bit of a law. And the other thing is too, is they just may have priced it incorrectly trying to go with those prices that they saw it sell for in the past three to six months, but we're not kind of escalating as much. So they're just sitting there a little bit longer call because like we just said, the buyers are more discerning and patient. So I think you can see a price sell at list in today's market more than we have in the past. But it's interesting you, though, real quick. So I actually think buyers are less concerned about interest rates than they are about inflation. I mean, it's I like a hundred bucks to fill up twice right. a week. I think, right. I think they're more concerned about the damn gas price. Right. Yes. 300 bucks to get groceries now. Yesterday uh, I, I mean, drove by in a small town I always get gas at because I think it's the cheapest and it was 525. Yeah. And I 509 here in Carmel at 116th and Range Lane, Range Lane Road last night. I think that matters to people right now more than four point four and a quarter or five and a quarter or five and a half all day. Yeah, exactly. all of inflation is where am I going to live has kind of got to the backseat of how am I going to live? live? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what they're going to be doing later. They're, I mean, uh, if it keeps continuing this way, they're going to be calling Xander Foley and, and getting a rental. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about Xander later. But the bottom line is, um, Justin, what are you seeing in the downtown market? What, give us some stats, Justin. What's happening in the Indianapolis market right now, please? Uh, down in uh, Fountain Square, we had nine new listings. Um, three of those are pending. Uh, average price about 599000 And of the three that closed this week, um, the average list price was 301000 wow. And the average sell price was two ninety six. So okay. that specific market is actually a little bit less than ask price. Uh, Bates Hendricks, we had five new listings, uh, averaged 191, three of which are pending. Uh, this, the list price on those average was 313 and the sale price was 323. Wow. So, uh, they're actually still going over asking price. Uh, that's kind of the same with Broad Ripple and Meridian Kessler as well. Um, uh, or Broad Ripple, we had 18 new listings last week. Um, eight of them are still available priced around 340 and we had seven closings, average list price of 300. Um, of those, about 10000 over ask price was the average on Really? That. That's yep. a lot for Broad Ripple lately. Yeah. And then uh, wrapping it up on my numbers, uh, Meridian Kessler had 18 new listings, 12 of which are sold or pending. Uh, average list price was 459 And on the sales side of those, those five closings, uh, it's about 15000 more over ask price. Wow. So That's... they are still going over ask yeah, price. Yeah, but there's a, lot, not... there's a lot more listings than, than we, I mean, Broad Ripple has a lot more listings. Yes, oh, that yeah, that was absolutely. a lot this week. Yeah, yep. yeah you like know. three weeks ago it was five. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think one it was one or something like yeah, that, that was like crazy. a month ago. Well, yeah, and got... Broad Ripple had seven closings this week, and last year they only had two at the same period. So Exactly. And the numbers are up about 10000 So Okay, so uh, what do we got for you, Kyle? In your area so in fishers we had 66 listings go on the market uh since last tuesday anywhere between 224,000 and 3.5 million obviously it's a pretty diverse area as far as um listing price goes the average was about four hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars, though um of those 66 37 of them are still active so first of all that's a ton of listings to go on the market um a lot for fishers it's been trending that way but 29 of them pended so right. 77 still active on the market so that's a lot compared to where we were sitting at a couple of months ago i mean i know it wasn't you know the height of the market by no means but at the same right. time that's a significant uptick and we've been seeing that probably for a couple of weeks now so and then noblesville 
we only had 37 listings go on the market. Only? Yeah, well... Compared to Fishers, all of a sudden, it's like yeah. almost cut in half, right? I got you. Okay, so you got 37 for Noblesville. What would they sell? So it was anywhere between 120 uh, to 679 and the average price was about 390 on those, but 15 of them are still active. 22 of them pended, but there's 58 still on the market in Noblesville right now. Okay. So we got all your uh, cities? Yep. Okay. Let's go over to Carmel. All right, so for Carmel, 69 were listed, and of those, 30 pended, so almost half. Wow. Uh, average price was $638,000, uh, and I looked at days on market just for fun again. Days yep. on market for those pending ones for this past seven days, um, the ones that pended were seven days on the market. Uh, so, you know, last week we said 10. Right. So it's still, you know, higher than it has been in days on market. Westfield, there were 65 that were listed and 33 of those pended. So, again, about 50% sold. We still have 32 active there. Still have 39 active from last week in Carmel. Um, average day on market for those that were pended was Westfield was 12. Uh, average price, 472 In Zionsville, again, keep telling those Zionsville sellers, get your houses out there. Only 20 were listed. 12 pended, so about 60% still of uh, those that were listed in the past seven days, eight are still active. Their average days on market was seven for those that pended. Average price, 483000 Okay. So let me ask you this, Shelly. Uh, some of these houses in the Carmel area, they're selling in, in one day. Two days, three well, we, days. We kind of say we don't want to see them sell in one day because I know. we don't think that helps the seller to no. do that so quickly. Yeah, you're leaving some money on the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if they are selling in one day, I always right. wonder about that. I, I literally do look, and it usually says listed and sold. If it's right. sold in one day, um, that's a whole other conversation. Right, right. Um, but yeah, they are still, I mean, Carmel's a very popular area to come and you know from all over the united states people want to come to carmel so they know it and it's a very popular area all of these towns are of course you, you know i i looked at uh on my board yesterday and um i'm 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 searched price drops in carmel uh and i only went to carmel okay but i saw one up to twenty five thousand dollars i saw another one for ten thousand dollars did these agents list the house at the wrong time did they miss the market on it was it listed too high i know you don't know about the listings but it was shocking to me to see this yeah. i mean it's case by case right honestly yeah. i mean you may have either mistimed the market by listing on a holiday week or could be you may overpriced it could be sellers sellers wanting more than what they think i mean yeah absolutely justin absolutely where they push the list agent to say okay well we want to be around what the number you threw at so we're gonna you know well, let's let's talk about this. On top. Right. Let's stay on top of this. Let's talk about somebody's buying a house from you or, or, or buying one of your listings, and um, what, what are we doing with the inspections now? We we we've we've talked about it lightly on a few shows, but the inspections back in full force right now. What's your guys' opinion? Still, still, hundred percent recommend doing an inspection on every transaction. Uh, I think the waivers are kind of where we're in a hard spot right now because you don't want your client paying or offering too much. And you don't know what you're competing against now. So, I mean, it's hard. I think the uh, communication with the list agent helps quite a bit because there's times where I don't need it. There's times where I do need it. We always get them uh, for all of our clients. It's just whether it's educational purposes only. But we just had one. Um, the, one of the Broad Ripple closings was ours, and we had full inspection on that. We had no problem with it. Um, 
you know, I think we also know what the market is. So even if we do get one, I think we're, we're, we're also a little bit reasonable as well, even if we don't throw a price on there. So I, I think they're coming back in full force yeah. to what capacity. I think that's dependent on the house that is actually involved. And like you're saying, they're coming back in full force. We didn't stop inspecting Correct. over this past year and a half. We started putting a lot of limits on what we would ask the seller to do. I think what's coming back is potentially having the seller do a little bit more. So I think that when we were talking about a year and a half ago to, you know, past year, we were seeing people say, I, I, we won't ask the seller for anything under a $5,000 value per item. Is that changing? And I think that's what we're seeing change is inspections have always been done. Some people would say they didn't do inspections at all. And again, I think all, all of us here sitting at this table do not agree with that at all. You still need to inspect. But you might be able to inspect and sell the seller. You won't do anything or ask for anything under a thousand dollars in today's market. Okay. That's what's changing. Okay. So, um, who has appointments this week to s sell a house? I had five last week. I got a listing this week. I got two next week. I got two the week after that. Justin, we got a lot coming. Commercial, up. two residentials coming. Yeah, sure. there's. Um, I know everybody's busy. Yeah, we we have them. Um, you know, we talked about this before too. That we they they don't just come on the market next week. So we're constantly in a revolving talking to people and getting their houses ready and getting ready to go on the market. So at any given time, we're constantly working on something that may not be on the market for another four weeks or so, because you can't just throw a house on the market tomorrow. Right. right. And the okay. pipeline, like you're, you're building up your pipeline, you know, all year. So it's like right now you get people that are kind of sitting on the side just waiting to pull the trigger to list buy they're, they're waiting to see more homes on the market so hopefully with this this added inventory right now we'll start seeing those people transition so 100 percent. i mean i got a phone call yesterday from somebody who's like hey i want to list next week and i was like whoa well, let's let's pump the brakes for a second like let me look at it, see what we got to do but to your point everything that i have coming on the market in the next three weeks i knew about six weeks ago yeah every okay. single one of them we just i think sitting here at the table we just don't throw them up on the market because we still feel that you need to put a very nice home on the market and get it ready Good nothing product. has changed in how to sell a home in this market it, i just i say that's all got to be pressed and ready to go if anything yes. i think the level of professionalism has needed to go up during this uh heightened market not go down and i, I think we've seen it across the board but actually to you're not just guaranteed a ton of money just because you threw it on the market. You're not. You need no. professional photos. Yeah. You need. You need. Yeah. You still need a professional need helping immaculate. you. But the other thing too is you guys may have heard this, and I always love this, and I talk to my sellers about it. I don't practice the three P's. Nobody sitting here at the table does, and that means that you don't place it on my board, put a sign in the yard, and pray it sells. That is not what you do as a real estate agent. There yeah. are some that do, and that's the people that will say, "Well, I'll get it up next week," because they just they don't go through the full process even though these houses could potentially fly off the shelf they may not sell for the price they could have but you aren't you're not giving the best to your client if you just want to just put it on the market because they say next week we still have to go by what we do in our business plan and help them get the house prepared right well um that's it on the uh stats for the market as in buyers and sellers and what i'm going to do now is i'm going to introduce uh xander foley with live indy you and uh shelly uh know each other and that's uh shelly uh introduced him to us to get on the show how you doing today xander loving life thank you let's uh let's talk about uh your world uh you're in the rental market business live indy okay and property management so kind of tell us about how crazy your market is right now because i think it's crazy it's pretty crazy 
Um, so, you know, typically, typically we see five to 10% uh, rent increases per year. Um, this year, uh, they haven't done any statistics in the past couple of months that I've been able to find. Um, but as of April, May, um, you know, we were uh, up at least by February, we were 17% up across the board. So it's typically five to 10. We've seen 17% across the board. Um, but we're seeing, you know, 20, 25, 50, 100% neighborhood dependent. You know, I just saw one a uh, couple houses over for me in Broad Ripple that I looked the history up on last year, at least for 1550. It just went, um, it just went for rent this uh, this past week for twenty nine hundred. Whoa! Jeez. So it's it's really just absurd out there. Um, you know, neighborhood really hot, desirable neighborhoods um, are just it, it's just crazy. And the craziest part about it is they're leasing. Is so. there a rhyme or reason to it? Because you know, so I, I think a lot of us anticipated this, but I'm seeing increases just across the board as far as like, it, there's not like a 10%, there's not a 20%. So, I've seen some low, I've seen really high, like what you were just so, talking about. So not neighborhood dependent, just across the board in Indianapolis. This time last year, the average rent was around uh, 940, 960. Uh, this year, same time, it, the average is around 1460. Oh my gosh! Damn. And that's just across across the what board. That? That's not neighborhood dependent. Sixty percent. Yeah, that is just. I mean, um, so I think that there's. I think there's multiple variables at play. Um, you know, uh, you know, you have a huge influx of people. There's a huge influx of industry and development happening here in Indianapolis right now, right? Um, and so you have a lot of a lot of west coast money moving in not even from an investment standpoint just uh like consumers right so we've become the uh silicon valley of the midwest right so we have a ton of tech industry people from the bay area moving here and with you know i i for one don't think that i would go to a foreign market and go just buy a house mm -hmm. right i would want to get a feel for the city get a feel for the neighborhood figure out where i want to raise my kids what school district do i want to them to be in right and so what's yeah, the best way to do that? I hear that? that a lot from people right. coming in. So yeah. so move so go rent a place for a year, right? And it's the same thing. I think that we saw this a lot um, you know, over the past couple of years with the influx from California as well for buyers is that that kind of really accelerated the the list price and the sales price because, you know, you go sell a three two two thousand square foot for a couple of million in the Bay Area, well that mm -hmm. same house here is a few hundred grand. Yep. So they have money to play with and cash on hand, so they don't care, mm -hmm. right? And I think, so, So you know, the other thing that we're seeing is uh, just the quality of rentals coming on the market, right? So there are some that are still dated, still untouched, that are asking just absurd amounts, right? And it's like, how are you justifying this? Like, how are you sleeping at night, right? Mm -hmm. But we're also seeing a lot that I think do command these prices because people are realizing, hey, people are willing to pay. Let's provide them with a quality product. The other thing by doing so is you're you're attracting quality tenants who you know want amenities and want a, a certain way of life when they're home. I think one of the other things that doesn't get taken into consideration when we hear like these increases is we didn't increase for two years because of COVID. 
And usually a lot of that would have been absorbed year over year over year. It just looks very dramatic because it was stagnant for two years where it would have increased 10 or 15% two years ago. It would have increased 10 or 15% last year. And then just another one this year, all of a sudden it's all in one, in one cycle. Yeah, and one it's cycle. like, whoa, what happened? It, right? That's a really good point. You know, you've had the, uh, what is it? The moratoriums in place. Correct. You've had the, um, you know, you couldn't kick renters out. You couldn't this, that, the other, right? So I think that there are some people trying to recoup on that as well. Well, um, so I mean, it, it makes sense, really. I just think it's a sticker shock to people. But I mean, I feel like you're just going through what we went through in the resale market in the in, in the new construction market 18 months ago when all the prices went way up, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody acclimated to it. I think it's just people have to acclimate to it. Yeah. Precisely. And then what we're seeing, and I know that you are going to talk about this, is what's happening when their lease is over and the landlord decides that they're going to try and take advantage of these increases. Um, you know, some, it really depends, right? So it depends on, you know, um, depends on the, it depends on the landlord. It, de- it, absolutely, <laughs> it absolutely depends on the landlord. It depends on the tenant. It depends on the relationship you have with them. Right. It's like, you know, uh, what's the turnover worth to you? Right. And have they been paying on time. Do right. they call you for anything? Like if not, there's what's, a value to that too. Exactly. What's a good, what's a quality tenant worth to you? Yeah. What is somebody who doesn't call you for furnace filters and light bulbs and, and takes care of the, of the lawn and plants flowers and, and has a sense of home pride, whether it, regardless of whether they're it's homeowners versus an old shack that somebody just, you know, it's trying to survive and live in right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've asked some of the uh, tenants here and, uh, Carmel that are renting and a, a few of them have told me that live in very nice places. They didn't get a rent increase. Okay. And I do know some on the other side of town, meaning the other side of Carmel that did get a rent increase, but you know, I, I believe that these, these owners are going to lose good paying customers that are paying on time. Yes. And uh, coming back to, you know, renewals versus new listings, right? So yeah. what's a good quality tenant worth to you? So if you're, if you have a good relationship with them, if you're, uh, you know, if your prices aren't pricing you out of cash flowing, you know, me personally, that quality tenant who's not calling me for each and everything, who's taking care of my property is worth more than an extra couple hundred dollars, right? Because who knows who the next person is who comes in and agrees to that. Now I have to turn over, you know? And so there's a cost for that. You gotta and there's like a cost paint, for that you as well. You got to clean, you got to, you know, and now you if you advertise, if you have, you know, if you have a tenant who's, you know, a nightmare or, you know, calls you for each and every little thing, then, you know, it may be worth the risk to you be like, okay, well, Hey, we're going to raise it this much. They can either renew or not. Right. If they don't, I don't care because yeah. I want somebody new. If they do, then cool you know, then the extra couple hundred dollars is going to justify the headache that they cause. So we've been talking about how you can be a good tenant and not have this happen to you. So it sounds like maybe if you are a tenant who is, you know, easy to deal with and, you know, somebody that is good to keep, Mm -hmm. you may be able to control your rent increases. And that would be something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's about setting expectations, right? Hey, this is, you know, this is a maintenance thing. This is our responsibility. This is just kind of, you know, versus this is just kind of what it takes to live in someplace. Right. Um, And, you know, so I think that even though as a tenant, if you don't own the property, you still caring about that property and maintaining that property. And I'm not asking you to, to, to pay to, to repaint the place and to upgrade it and all that jazz. Right. But just, you know, take care of the lawn. Right. Um, 
you know, and just, just preventative maintenance and just, just things that you just keep it clean, right? Just keep it in, don't neglect it so that there are repairs and maintenance calls to be had because a lot of those come just from sheer neglect because it's not my property, not my problem, right? And it's like, you know, so by caring about it and, you know, I think that you really can control and develop a relationship with your landlord. It's tough though, right? It's like a tale as old as time, right? Because some of these people who are tenants have rented from landlords who didn't take care of them as well, right? Deferred maintenance, all this stuff. And so like it's also on the landlord to set a good expectation um, and level of what they're going to provide as well. I think the bigger thing to me is, you know, is there advice for renters, right? Because we spend a lot of time trying to help sellers and buyers and trying to give them advice on how to navigate this. Is there advice for somebody who wants to rent right now? Like, can we say be patient, right? Like, cause that's what we were doing with buyers a couple of months ago. Be patient. Like, is there advice out there for renters to be able to navigate this a little bit better? Uh, patience is crucial, right? Because that's when you typically end up overpaying, right? So start your search early, right? So How early? six so, months, yeah, three months, six, three months, you know, at least, and just keep an eye on things. And because you can find properties that are marketed for lease before they're available. And that's really, you know, so if you give yourself enough time to have patience, right? If you wait until the, the month that your lease is up and then you decide that I don't want to renew here or I don't want to pay the increase, then all of a sudden, you know, you're scrambling to try to get, to try to find someplace. And then we're having, you have multiple uh, application scenarios just like you have multiple offer scenarios. So, you know, so you have limited- That's inven- a damn good analogy. <laughs> no, but seriously, you have limited rental inventory as well, which is another reason reason why the prices are it's supply versus demand right which is another justification for the increase is is hey you know you're not left with much option and then people are going there's multiple application scenarios there's multiple and then you know people are paying more than listed rent yeah. on their application they yeah, are that's they, what are, I was gonna they say. are offering their application offering fees more. are high so i can remember like two three years ago it was like 50 dollars, right i have a buddy who just paid 250 dollars for an application fee that's that's crazy. It is. I know. That's but crazy. he was he was up against it, right? And he because he, he didn't anticipate and, mm-hmm. and he you know, he's like forty five days out, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh yikes. Well, and, and like what you just said though, that's very interesting, is it's kind of like they're putting in their escalation clauses for listings in their application. They're saying I'll give you an extra hundred. Yeah, I'll get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. in the application are as escalation clauses. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it, it is, and we're seeing that where things are being leased for higher than list, you know? Um, because <laughs> I know it's it's a crazy market. It's it's crazy, you know, but the other thing too, you know, for us personally, the way that we do things, uh, when we have a property that is tenant occupied and there is a lease coming up, right? So at a, at six months at 180 days left on their lease, we start reaching out to them to see if they want to renew. Right. And we have an extremely uh, aggressive marketing campaign. Right. So at 180 days left on your lease, we start touching base with you to try to get a, a commitment to either way. Whether that, way you're gonna, that way, you know what your inventory is doing. Exactly. So whether you want to renew or not from 180 to 90 days, I'm touching I'm touching base with you once a week, seeing if you're going to move or if you're going to renew. Right. And if I don't have a commitment either way from you at 90 days, we throw your house up for lease. And then if it's a tenant occupied, you're still living in it. What we do is we just do an open house a week, 
right, for, for those three months until we get applicants in. But we're typically only holding an open house or two. You know, and it'll be either evenings or on a weekend or something. And it's just, you know, an and hour the, or and two And then the guy that's window. living in the house that wasn't sure what he was going to do is, could be in a panic. And yeah. I, feel, I, I feel bad for him because they don't know what they're doing. You know, some of them were out looking for homes, okay, couldn't afford it because they got sticker shock. They don't know what else is going to do. The interest rates have pulled them out of the market a little bit on some buyers. Yeah. Then the guy drives down to go look at another rental and he has to stop. And I'm not laughing about it. It just made me chuckle a little bit that he has to stop off and pay $5 a gallon to get to the house. <laughs> okay, everybody, let's close out the show and um, give everybody your information, how they can get a hold of you if you want to uh, buy or sell a home. Go ahead, Kyle, start it off. Call or text 317-649-5122 anytime. Uh, Justin Griffith, 317-507-5599 and website is fishers.realestate. Shelly Walters, you can reach me on my cell phone at 317-201-2601 anytime. Xander Foley, how would they get a hold of you at Live Indy if they wanted to reach out to you talk about a, a property? Yeah, so I deal with uh, asset acquisitions for investment properties uh, as well as in-house property management. Uh, you can reach me, call or text at 317-995-1122. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great day and a great week.